Good evening. It is six minutes and 57 seconds past 6 p.m., which means you are about to start listening to Sitting with Jan Luca here at Radio Free Brooklyn and Resonance FM 104.4 in UK land. I'm Jan Luca. I will be sitting with you till 7 p.m. Sitting with me today, I'm very happy, is Guy Davis. Ooh, veteran, actually, blues player. And uh, and uh, we'll be talking about all sorts of things. So I'm going to start off. Well, first of all, a quick hello and thank you. I'm going to play something of yours so so <laughs> to start things off. But thank you for sitting with me, Guy. All right. Uh, here is a little bit of Guy Davis, who is sitting with me right now. And this track is off his upcoming record, Badonkadonk Train. All right, I'm going to do that again. <laughs> because this is a brand new studio. You're actually one of the first guests here at Radio Free Brooklyn, guys. So, so uh, you're kind of the guinea pig, not fully, but. Just kind of. But here he goes. Badonkadonk train. Oh. Oh, hello. We have a malfunction. Well, that's okay. <laughs> old school. Yeah, well, I used to think I was old school. And then I realized that I am just old. <laughs> so I'm going to do this instead. I'm going to play the loneliest road that I know. <laughs> By my guest, Guy Davis, here at Sitting with Jan Luca. Somebody 
if you see my baby, tell her she's alright, she's alright. Well, Guy Davis sitting with me today. Thank you, Guy. Thank you so much for joining me. Let me get your let me get your mic up. There you go. All right. Yes. Testing right. one, two. Is this thing on? Yeah, yeah. Hello, hello. We're, we're on. The only the only knucklehead when it comes to engineering is myself because I wasn't born an octopus, so I only have two hands to do lots of lots of things. And uh, and this is what sometimes happens. We get sometimes dead air, but usually we don't. Usually we're doing all right. So, I think that the people who listen to the human voice are there because they want to be. Because they want to be there. Yes, indeed. We are all fallible and uh, and I've got it all. But um, thank you for joining me. You know, I was just thinking when we um, when I was uh, playing that track that you have actually been, you are a veteran at this point, right? You're, this is the four, you're about four decades into being a musician, right? A blues musician at that. Yes. Well, let's see. I started playing guitar more than five decades ago. Ah. But, uh, yeah, I guess it's somewhere in that four-decade zone that I've been. Yeah. Uh, Your first album. Okay. Because you are an actual New Yorker. There's very few people that come here at Radio Free Brooklyn that are actual New Yorker. You are an actual a New Yorker, right? You I am. I was in- born in Manhattan. But yeah. you got to understand, my body is from New York, but my soul is not necessarily yeah ah yes yes i like that what did your what did your childhood sound like my childhood sounded like yeah. a radio with the family listening okay. it sounded occasionally like symphonies it sounded like stories being told over the radio this is in days before the family got a television set back in the late 50s and early 60s uh, and there's one song I remember in particular my mother playing on the phonograph called Scarlet Ribbons. And then as I grew up, I didn't hear that song for years. And then uh, one day I was in Bremen, Germany on tour. And I came into a uh, 
studio and somebody asked me what was my favorite song. I said that. And they played that thing and I just sat in the studio and, and wept. <laughs> Let loose a mighty torrent. <laughs> you, no, you touched on something fascinating, actually. I know you come from a musical family and your parents were actors, uh, uh, etc. right? Um, uh, but that's what, but what fascinated me of what you just said is about listening to the radio before television. And there was a time there's among people that write songs that grew up listening to radio and listening to radio plays and narrative on the radio have a whole different outlook correct like how did that shape your writing are, are you a radio do you know the question i'm trying to ask i don't quite know what it is myself I but i almost think i do yes i'm a radio enthusiast but i am a word lover okay who loves to hear the English language in all languages. I love the way songs and notes and sounds rub against my ears. Aha. Uh -huh. That's what I am into. And that, of course, includes the radio. And a lot of people, especially out here in New York City, they got jobs where they got to commute. They can't watch a TV. Right. They got to turn on a radio. Yeah. I was a cab driver once, man. I know about listening to some long time radio. Uh-huh, yes. Oh, yeah. And radio plays, I wonder if that informs a songwriter of the pre-TV generation. Not that you're the pre-TV generation, but... Well, I understand. I am a songwriter, but I'm more than that. I also happen to be uh, the writer of plays. Ah. I wrote a play called The Adventures of Fishy Waters oh. in Bed with the Blues. Okay. And it is. Um, I recorded it as an audio play, but I've also done it on stage. It is... A, one person piece who turns into a whole bunch of characters and plays a lot of blues and tells lots of stories. Oh, oh, is it? Wait, wait. So is it out yet? Have you done it? Have you? Yes, man. This play uh, is about 28 or so years old. Ah, okay. I've performed it in Australia. I've done it in the UK. I've done it in Canada. I've done it around the States. There's always more to time to do it i rarely get to stay in one theater and just do it for a while right usually i just show up somewhere and do one or two performances ah okay yeah because there is a um a very famous italian songwriter called margot you he he he's a lyric man he's kind of like uh -huh. the bernie torpen of italy i suppose he always used to say that a song was a three-minute movie uh, and I guess uh, you could, say, by extension, a three-minute play too. Like, do you find that connection when you're writing a song or writing a play? Is it the same? Oh muscle? yeah, man, it is. It is. It's a, a movie in three minutes. Mm. It's a song. I don't even know who wrote it, but I've heard old blues men doing this song. Who's loving you tonight? Who's oh, love you? I mean, man, that's just the title tells me a story. Oh, and it goes on and on. So uh, yeah, there. I, I love. Uh, for songs to tell stories. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, all this started. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, and all this started <laughs> when you mentioned listening to the radio. And probably it's because I'm wondering, I think maybe Bob Dylan even mentioned that he writes the way he does because he grew up listening to radio plays. So he has a different relationship to words and to writing narrative and to telling a story. We're in critical times here, John Luca. Yeah. I mean, I love the internet. I love what it can do for us. Yeah. But I don't like the idea that it takes the place of reading. Uh -huh. Because 
the stories that my parents used to tell me from books, like the story of Alibaba and the 40 thieves, 1001 Arabian Nights. Right. Uh, and these fairy tales, I could see everything they were talking about in my imagination. And the imagination is a muscle. and You got to exercise it and feed it. Yeah. Um, the internet, it's, so it's very instructive. It gives you lots of smarts, but you don't get wisdom ah. on the internet. It's not assumed that Manhattan is a blues capital of the world. What, what attracted you particularly to blues music more than, I don't know, what, what drew you to it? You've pretty much stuck with it all this uh, time. Yes, John Luca, more than any other kind of music. Music is my religion and blues is the door I go in through into the church. You understand? Uh, the music has always rubbed against my ear just that way and the language that is used to speak the blues that was southern speech mostly uh i used to hear from the mouth of my grandmother i didn't get to know my grandfather well this is my father's folks and uh, also my mother's folks were of a they, they had a more city-fied kind of blues uh, thing going on with them but the blues would tell these primitive old stories and they'd get this funky beat going on and the things that oh yeah he's sitting up and, and this ain't a whole song says well well sitting there looking out the window look like the clouds gonna make some rain Yeah, I'm sitting here looking out the window. Look like the clouds gonna make some rain. You don't know, baby, till I tell you. Honey, that my heart, honey, that my heart is feeling pain. But don't you leave me Oh mama don't you go I want to be your man Honey don't you Walk out that door Baby don't you leave me Honey don't you go Well you get that here You just take Simple scenarios, simple sets of words, and it's like you open your heart. Yeah. And in the blues, there's a kind of preaching going on. It may be secular, it might be about your woman, it may be very sexual, but it's like preaching. The man stand there declaring what's in his heart. Mm. If it, some, some people it's uh, religion, some people it ain't. Oh yeah, and actually, interestingly enough, you picked a fantastic song to to to, to break us in because it that speaks a little bit. It's very visual what you just sang, and there you go—the three-minute play or the three-minute movie right there in blues music. Well, you made it so easy. I'm sitting here, and there's your window. <laughs> I don't see the rain, but I did hear something in the weather today. If I yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, right. 
No, I, I got stuck on that, and we'll move on to something else. I promise. But but you know, uh, Delmark Records is the oldest uh, um, record label, independent record label, I think, in the world actually. And Bob Kester used to say that blues music, um, you know, jazz music is is the the singer is a vocalist, and the words are. It's not really a you know, T for two, two for T, me for you, you for me, and all this. <laughs> but but he said, you know, blues music is actually. It's a story. They're songs. They're storytellers. And There's this fascinating intersection between blues and jazz, maybe older than both of them. I'm not sure. But there was a time when the voice was in command of things, I guess back in the 1800s somewhere, maybe in the, the black southern areas. And the instruments would come along. They would play with the voice. They'd play the harmonies. They'd play the beat, the rhythm. And there were specific melodies. And once in a while, they'd get to solo. And then I think the musicians got together without the vocalist. And they said, hey, man, let's see how far we can go. Uh-huh. And the musicians found that maybe they couldn't tell the story with words, but their melodies could go places that, that the human voice does not easily gain entry into. And oh. so, man, they could experiment. They could craft mel- melodic lines. You get people like uh, Louis Armstrong mm. playing these choruses of jazz with no words, sometimes with words, but even mm. with no words, and the audience was wrapped, they would make him have to take like 10 encores mm. because they were so into watching him let his horn explore and hit those high notes, and it's just the way it gets into you. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, yeah, and the blues, of course, kept continuing and evolving, and jazz kind of, and, and in certain ways they began to spread apart, but they always had place together too. I'm just wondering, because uh, you're also a historian. Well, do you want to play something first before I get deep into something? You brought something up that I want to get deep into. Do you want to play something on the guitar, or shall I play something off off the uh, off your um, your records? <clears throat> Let's hear, see what you got. Uh, uh, I can I can play anything you want. Uh, let me see what comes up on the guy Davis. Do you have a particular? Oh, okay. Well, let's see. There is a song I wrote called Kokomo Kid. Ah, yes, I love that track. My alter ego. Ah, yes. Do you want to, uh, you know, I played, I loved, I love Kokomo Kid. I played this, I think, uh, last week, and I, it's possibly, it's possibly my favorite song of yours, actually. Oh, that's good. Okay, well, there's a lot went into that, including rap, which my son helped me to learn how to execute properly. That's the same son who was snarking at me in the <laughs> Uncle Thomas Dead song. <laughs> yes, I do. But now Kokomo Kid, if you have time, yes, the yes, quick background. Yes, absolutely. Kokomo Kid is the name of a black man born in the 1800s, never was a slave, and his job was to deliver coal to the White House, Washington, D.C. But uh, he was part of the shadow government because after he dumped the coal down the chute, then... He'd send uh, nose powder down there, that kind that you, mm-hmm. not the kind that a woman uses in her boudoir, but the, the other kind of nose uh-huh. powder. And then alcohol, exotic alcohol from all around the world, even in times of prohibition in the 20th century, would go down that coal chute. And then women would go down that coal chute two at a time, three at a time, head first, <laughs> wasn't married to anybody in the White House. And this tradition continues unto this very day. Long since the coal shoots in the White House have been sealed up and forgotten. Uh-huh. The past and the present, according to Kokomo Kid. Yes, all right. Well, here it is. It's sitting with Jan Luca, Kokomo Kid. 
which is the reason there is the explanation why so many people want that horrible job of being president. (laughs) (laughs) Right there, right, guy? (laughs) And that was sung by my guest sitting with me today at Sitting with Jan Luca, Guy Davis. (laughs) What, What were you saying about you said something about your son had had um, trained you, had something okay. related to hip-hop. That went over my head a little bit. My son, who listens, especially back then, to an awful lot of hip-hop and all growing up as a boy, uh, knew about things, names. They had names like word salad as a way to bang words together so that they sound real funky and real cool. Yeah. And to me, overall, it's just poetry, but a way that maybe I wasn't so familiar with. There's one thing going back. When my kid was really little, he would get hold of these rap CDs. Now, some of them, quite honestly, were, oh, they were awful. I mean, they'd talk about women like your mama and your sister, like they were something not, almost not human. Uh, And then others were quite good. I had a neighbor who used to take his son's brand new rap CDs and throw them away unopened. And he told me that. So I promised myself I would never do that to my son, that I would always listen to what he showed me at least once. And I would tell him if I didn't like it and didn't want to hear it anymore, and I'd say why. But then what I did like, I'd tell him that too. So as I was composing Kokomo Kid, the story of this black outlaw who was uh you know, the kid, the kingpin to get uh, stuff going in the white world. Um, he helped me with the sense of how to bang the words together. He didn't compose the song with me, but he showed me ways that I could uh, yeah, kind of speed the rhythm up, slow it down, that sort of thing, and still come out with a song. Could it be said that... That hip hop is the um, the blues of the twenty late twentieth century. It fills the same purpose of as blues. I think you could say that. Okay, I believe I ain't no expert, but they talk about the same thing. They talk about the law. They talk about mm-hmm. uh, alcohol and drugs, getting caught making illegal stuff, and about women. Yeah. Oh, there's room for improvement and all those things, by the way, dear yes. listeners. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes, there's too much of yeah. one and not enough of the other and uh, and all the rest. Yes, okay. You got a minute for me to play you a song? Yeah, of course, absolutely. This song I'm getting ready to play, it's a blues subject, a blues topic, something that is relevant today, but it, it is uh, set in rural country from back in the earlier part of the 20th century. And it's not exactly in what you call a blues style. I think you'll get it. It's called Got Your Letter in My Pocket. And this is on my brand new CD. The CD is called Be Ready When I Call You. And it's coming out, y'all, on June the 4th. So here it is. Got your letter in my pocket. Try that again.
got your letter in my pocket and your face stays on my mind well I heard that you had a baby but I didn't know the child was mine no I didn't know the child was mine there been days when I've gone hungry there been nights I've slept out in the pouring rain there been times when I spent hiding I was scared somebody would call my name I was scared somebody would call my name When your husband came to see me I lied right in your husband's face I told him that I did not love you And I didn't want to take his place didn't want to take his place
Got I, all the mistakes in there. I get excited right here in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. I'm making them. You're making. You're not making nearly as many as I am. <laughs> you, you got good competition on this side of the desk, guy. <laughs> but that, what's the name? So, what's the title of that? You mentioned that before you played it, but oh, got your letter in my pocket. Ah, that's right. And it comes out on the June 4th, yes? June 4th, and the name of the CD is Be Ready When I Call You. All right, yes. So so that has a gospel connotation, right? Uh, what, the, the title Be Ready When I Call yeah. You? You could say that. It could be the creator calling you. It could be the devil. Yeah. Uh, but yes, Be Ready When I Call You. Ah. There's a warning in there, meaning, uh, you know, people, uh, they want to make deals. They want to kind of sign on. Okay, if I sign this line, you make me great. You make me rich. You make me sexy. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, yeah, you have all that stuff. Ah. When it's over, be ready when I call you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you're quite prolific. You've done a lot of records, actually. You you come out with about every couple of years, you come out with a new release, right? I'm Am so I... full of music, I need a laxative. <laughs> uh, I I know there are people who are plenty more prolific, yeah. but um, I do what I can. And I tell you, this whole past year of COVID has given me a lot of time to sit down and write songs. Ah. And the song that I just played was before all this. Yeah, okay. So I got, there'll be more songs coming. So, so is much of this um, last release written? No, it can't have been written no. during. No, no, because it takes a while to, to make a record. It was it? pretty much recorded by the end of uh, 2019. All right. All right. So if you've been busy for this last year, what, are you going to come out with a triple, a triple record now, a triple CD? I got <laughs> enough music to do that, but likely I'm not going to do that. You know, I get a, I get a sense, um, and I might be completely wrong, do you have a mission to your playing? I could say that I do. Uh, I don't know if people want to hear all about this, but in a way, it's my ministry to tell stories through song. It's just what you're talking about. I want people to discover in my stories a little bit more about who they are. I want people to feel empowered I also want people, if they hear about something ugly, I want them to recognize it, not because specifically it it may have a, a racist story to tell, but a story that is against humanity. Mm. So I want to tell the songs that heal. I want to tell I want to tell the stories, sing the songs that um, make people recognize something important about themselves. I like to say there's no tale so tall I cannot tell it, nor song so sweet I cannot sing it. Oh, nicely put. Oh, very <laughs> good. <laughs> well, well, if you've just tuned in. <laughs> wow. If you've just tuned in, you are 30-something 30, uh, 30 minutes, 38 minutes into sitting with Jan Luca here at Radio Free Brooklyn and Resonance FM in the UK. Sitting with me is Guy Davis, speaking words of wisdom and bringing such wonderful music. Um, also, if you have listened to us before, you know that we are broke and need money. So if you have any jingly jangly at all, 
Um, RadioFreeBrooklyn.com has donate buttons. If you want to buy T-shirts, uh, hats, uh, I don't know, face masks, whatever, that is a place to do it. You can also um, go Amazon Smile and pick Radio Free Brooklyn as your nonprofit. And for every ten million dollars that you spend on Amazon, we get about five cents. But we really stretch. <laughs> <laughs> we stretch those five cents. I uh, I. Sh- shook uh my guest guy davis upside down to get some loose change out of him but all i got he's a blues musician all i got was a rubber band and a, and a and bunch a, and of maxed a, out credit cards yeah, yeah <laughs> not even <laughs> i think the the, the deck the uh, 51 card uh deck of cards i have in my pocket is probably worth more than some of them credit cards <laughs> yes yeah you got to get a job man <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, listen, I'm, I'm with you, brother. I think that uh, especially, I mean, everybody, but especially those who work and cannot be watching TV screens, those who are driving, perhaps. Mm-hmm. I'd say turn on the good word. Turn on the good word. Listen to the music and listen to the uh, wisdom that comes out of people, sometimes not even stuff that they practiced, mm. but you hear the truth, even if they're not trying to tell it. Yeah. Absolutely. Some of the people who tell the best truth are the ones who are trying so hard to lie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got songs, brother. <laughs> yes. Whoa. <laughs> hey, do you think um, is there? Do you think there's anything misunderstood about blues music? I is think that... there's anything misunderstood yeah. about blues music. I. It's difficult for me to answer. Understand okay. that. Yeah, I'd yeah, like yeah. to say, yes, there's a lot misunderstood about blues music, but blues is what it is to people's ears. You listen to yes. it because, like I said, it rubs against your ears yes. so nice and it tells you a truth. What I would like to say is that blues is American music, not just African-American music, and it tells the history of this country. Yes. During times of Jim Crow, during times of segregation, uh, after slavery, and before um, this modern age we're in, where black and white folks are uh, singing and smiling together, uh, well, somebody tell that to George Floyd uh, right, and, yeah. and a lot of other martyrs. But um, I would like to say that the blues, beyond what it, how it rubs our ears, is a historical record. Ah, brilliant. Yes. Okay. Fantastic. Well, good catch, Guy, because I I was trying to ask a question and I didn't quite know what the question was. But these are the, these are, and you, but you answered it. These are the three strands that I was trying to tie together. Number one, there's not that many black folks playing blues music anymore. It sort of seems to not be uh, uh, a black, uh, black music anymore. But then I was also thinking that it's possible that blues musicians, of the time of the 30s didn't play that much blues they were more buskers they had sort of more of a bigger palette uh, oh yeah man the musicians played whatever people exactly. were listening to robert johnson knew some pop songs oh sure yeah yeah and, and they played whatever was going to make some money yeah and the blues sort of died out but then suddenly in about 1959 1960 folks started looking for the old bluesman and revived it mm-hmm. um yes i got stories to tell about the blues too man I could tell you the story of this old, blind, black blues man used to sit down by the crossroads on a tree stump, and he'd sit there, and he'd sing this old song. I take worried man, 
Sing a worried song, it take a worried man. Sing a worried song, it take a worried man. Sing a worried song, worried now. But I won't stay worried long. And people would pass by him, and he'd have his cap out on the back. They'd toss pennies and dimes and dollar bills in his hat because they loved his spirit and the way he was singing with him, this old blind black blues man. And there was one white fella passed by there and watched him. And he said, man, not only was he interested in that money, but he thought, wow, I wonder what it'd be like to be a black man and sing the blues. So he went to his house, which is nearby. He got his mandolin down off the wall, but so that he wouldn't arouse any suspicion because he was going to go up close and try to play music, he blacked up his face, took some shoe polish in his hands so he would look all intense and personal like a black man. He went on out there and he stood right by that Blind Negro fellow on the tree stump says, uh, I got my mandolin here. I'd like to sit and play with you, uh, if you don't mind. And the Negro fellow just nodded his head, okay. And so they sat together and take word, man. This sing a worried song, I'm worried now. But I won't stay worried long. And they kept, and people, you know, just piled money in both their caps. And they just kept singing and singing and singing. Now, after a while, up the road come this bus full of convicts getting taken from the city jail to the uh, county jail. And they passed on by. And then uh, a car full of Ku Klux Klan members was driving along after them. And those Ku Klux Klan folks, they were looking for these this one Negro that they wanted to kill. And they saw these two uh, men, they kept driving. They drove back the other way, they kept driving. And finally they stopped and they said, man, man, we just tired of uh, looking around for this Negro. Why don't we just kill one of these two Negroes right here, uh, sitting over here playing his music? And so the Klan guys got out there and said, all right, which one of y'all I'm gonna have to take uh, with me? And, and the white fellow who's got his face blacked up understand none of it. it what's going on here i just want to you know, play music with this uh, well don't you know them clan fellas jumped on him they grabbed the blind black man took him beat him just about to death stomped on him dragged him down out in the street and then just they dumped him in, in a swamp and then the other clan fella says uh why don't you keep playing some music uh Oh, you want us to come over there and whoop you too? And that white man in blackface started singing. It take a colored man <laughs> to sing a colored song. I'm colored now, but I won't stay colored long. And he ran down the street and ran, jumped in the swamp, and washed that black off his face. He never did that again. <laughs> so we were talking about uh, how the blues is being played by a lot of folks, less and less black folks, a lot more white folks and folks all over the world who I've seen from Japan and Jakarta and Australia and uh, all over the world I've seen people playing the blues. Mm. Uh, but stories have to keep the origins of the blues alive, which involve the black folks in this country. Yeah, and, and also um, you could also say that uh, history might be written by the winners, which is the, the way that saying goes. But actually... The songs are written by the 
the real story of any country or of any community is actually in the songs. It's not in the books. By listening to the songs, you hear direct from the people. You hear about the community, what the farmings were like, what their relationships were like, what they were going on, what they did on Saturday nights, Sunday mornings, everything. Um, It's really the music is the real history of any community or of any country, right? And John Lee Hooker um, sat down and sang a song called Tupelo, mm. about a flood in Mississippi. Or Man's Lips comes sings about this, or Lead Belly oh, yeah. sings a song. Charlie Patton sang, sang as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They, High tell, Water they tell the stories of what was going on then and there. Yeah, 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 yeah. And also, it's interesting. Um, I don't know if we have time to get into it, but uh, but you know that that song you sang, "It Takes a Worried Man to Sing a Worried Song," is also uh, sung by country musicians as yeah. well as blues musicians. As is "Sitting on Top of the World" is sung by blues musicians and uh, country musicians. So there's an interesting sort of crossbreeding happening that we're sort of not really told much about in the books. Sitting on top of the world, same melody of Come On In My Kitchen by Robert Johnson. Yeah. And things about Coming My Way, uh, Tampa Red. Yeah. So, yeah, there was a lot of crossbreeding and intersecting. I got to meet Doc Watson. Oh, a, yes. Uh, Caucasian blind musician who, my God, that man could yeah, beautifully. Yeah. And he could play the blues and he could play country and he could play the mix right in between and any variation around it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, in fact, um, Bill Monroe, the inventor of bluegrass, who actually he recorded with Doc Watson uh, 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 as well, um, played, he learned mandolin off a black farmer and used to play with him in uh, dances, at square dances and stuff. So there's all sorts of interesting things going on that are not in the... Stories that need telling, man. There are an awful lot of stories that need telling. I mean, I guess my my whole theory on that is that the real history of the United States is in those Shellac 78s. I'd like to think so. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just covered history. We should probably um, uh, play something a little bit. I like, you know, I really like the song that you recorded with your son. Okay. Uh, I play a little bit of that, and I should tell anyone that's listening um, that there'll be a playlist that I'll be putting up with a few of uh, of guys of guys uh, favorite songs. Okay, well, I'll just warn folks that my son's voice in this coming up recording was thirteen this year. This last year, he just turned thirty. So, oh, has <laughs> been around for a little while. <laughs> Is he a professional musician? Oh, professional doesn't have to be a professional. Is he a musician? No. Okay. He's a musician, but also a filmmaker. Oh. Ah. He's working on being a recording uh, okay. sound engineer. Yeah. Type person. Oh, well, there's always sound a spot. Sound and video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but there's a spot here at Radio Free Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> certainly, certainly when I'm here. Um, do you want to tell... Tell me a little bit about, or tell us a little bit about this uh, Uncle Tom's Dead. There's not much to tell you other than uh, the opening line. The blues is old-fashioned. It's got no passion. It's just to say that the older folks who have the wisdom get shunted aside by these young folks in a hurry to do all the new thing. And I was saying before, remember, you can get smarts everywhere as you're coming up from the internet, even the 
can't get wisdom. Yeah. And make sure to connect with the old folks because they know. Rap is what's happening.
blues is your legacy. The blues is your legacy. The blues is your legacy. 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 That's what I'm talking about. The blues is old school. Wait a minute, fella. You talking about where rap came from? The blues is where rap came from. So what? Who cares now? Now don't give me no attitude, young man. I'll give you an attitude, old man. What you gonna do? What I'm gonna do? I'm fixing to whip yo. That's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> I think we're done. I think we're done. Well, if you've just tuned in, you are uh, this. It is sitting with Jan Luca here at Radio Free Brooklyn and Resonance FM in the UK. I'm Jan Luca sitting with me as Guy Davis. Yes, blues musicians extraordinaire. It's assumed that the 60s, we all know about the blues revival in the 60s, but there was sort of like a... Um, a revival of sorts in the 80s wasn't there like a new york city blues scene right yes and you gotta understand the more it's into the revival the more the blues sounds like uh buddy guy and bb king and uh stevie ray vaughn yeah but the blues didn't always sound like that man when oh, Led yeah. belly and lemon jefferson had hold of it they'd play songs you might not recognize as blues but yes in the 80s they started to kind of muscle the blues up yeah, there was Sterling McGee on 125th Street. Uh, Dan Lynch's had quite a lot of quite a lot of uh, blues artists. Satan and Adam. Satan and Adam. Yeah, yeah. There was Howling Wolf's protege, who who I talked to about this, had quite a lot to say about him not liking the rock blues, and he said something that stuck in my brain, and I've been sort of trying to figure out what he meant, and I finally figured it out, and and I wanted to ask you about it because you know this is sort of your your subject that blues music was really dance music. And so, sort of Muddy Waters and and um, and Howling Wolf, you know, you went to see them to dance with, and sort of the difference between maybe them and the Eric Claptons and Stevie Ray Vaughan, who were fantastic, is that it's not dance music. So it's sort of I don't know if personally I would even call it blues. Not that there's anything wrong with it. I'm just saying it's not a dance. The dance element is taken out. It's a form of the blues, that big yeah. rock concert form of yeah. the blues. A big, big Bill Bruins used to say the blues was meant to be barrel housed, which is a style of music. People dance, bump their feet together. And they, uh, so the blues evo- has evolved over many decades. Oh, yes. There's a lot of things to a lot of people. I got an idea. Okay. You were about to play Shake It Like Sunny. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, we've only got three minutes. Yes, can we well, squeeze it in? Well, I got the shorter version. Cool. I could live in the desert I could crawl through the sand I could swim in the ocean Or walk on dry land But when it comes to making music, I'm the kid And I'm gonna shake it like Sunny did Build me a rocket and fly up into space. Have all them aliens looking right down in my face. 
But when you find that rocket and they pop the lid, I'm gonna jump out shaking like Sunny did. I like to drink bourbon when I sing the blues, but I don't drink up in whiskey, I drink that hot rod booze, police come up, they grab my hand, said boy you got your ball and chain. Looked at me, said, Boy, you doing time. He banged down his gavel and he gave me 99. His wife spoke up, Don't give him a bid, cause that man shake it like Sonny did. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and of course, taken uh, for Sonny Terry, right? Uh, for yeah. Sonny Terry, Brownie McGee. Ooh, yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Oh, yes. Well, there's a whole conversation right there. Yeah, <laughs> well, <laughs> Guy, I want to really thank you for uh, for sitting with me, actually. See? You're welcome, Jan. Look, we got to do this again. When your mind gets worried and your shoes get thin, you don't know where you're going, but you do know where you've been. Walk on, walk on, walk on, walk on. I'm gonna keep on walking till I find my way back home. So many people happy, I can't get used to happiness. Maybe it's true that happiness is not for me, I guess. Walk on, walk on. 